Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning. We have some risky business this morning. We do. And I'm in the studio with a risky guy, James Muncie. Welcome back to the show, James. Hey, good morning. We have some cool announcements to make. James is going to be our permanent co-host. That's exciting news. I didn't even know. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. You're, you, we, I sent you the calendar invite. That's of course. I accepted. That's, That's right. what makes it permanent. In, in like, when you get a calendar <laughs> invite, it's it's permanent. Uh, we're getting risky on today's show because today we're talking about taking risk. I am your host of the Great People Show, JJ White, and I am so glad to be here because there's a lot of things happening in our world today. Of course, we just had this big hurricane hit with Harvey in Houston, and our and our thoughts and prayers from the show go out to these folks. We have some friends. In, in Houston, and Irma's, Irma's beating at the door. It is. Irma's, Irma's a-coming. We're not sure which door yet. And for those of you that listen to the show globally, and we know you're listening because we, we see some demographics coming from Indonesia and India, that uh, Irma's coming our way. We're in Richmond, Virginia, and Irma is headed this way. And I think we mentioned on the show that you're a volunteer firefighter, James. That's right. So this, if, if this thing comes up the coast into Virginia, you're probably going to, you're probably going to be working it, aren't you? Good, good chance, which yeah. is what I would want to do. Yeah. I, 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 it's funny because I was thinking on the show this or on the ride in this morning, I was like, I'm going to ask James if I can like help. And then I was like, well, I guess you just can't jump in and help the fire department. It's not like that. Not really. But I mean, through the Red Cross, there are lots of ways. I mean, in Florida right now, they need over a thousand volunteers that. to head to Florida just to help the Red Cross. Now, I saw something about 17,000 volunteers. Okay. Now, maybe that, that, the number I saw yeah. from the governor was 17,000 volunteers. That blows my mind. So they definitely need help. Just don't go there right now. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because being a firefighter, James, that sounds risky to me. Like that sounds really risky to me. So I have a question for you. All right. As you look back on your life, where do you wish you'd been less cautious, trusted in yourself more, and have more courage or bravery in the chances that you took? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. And, you know, it, for me, it's all in business, right? And and it's funny because my wife and I were talking about this the other night because we were talking about the topic of the show. Yep. And we've taken a lot of risks with – we've acquired different businesses throughout our career together. And at times, we've been that's in – risky. It is. And we've been in a lot of debt uh, purchasing some of these businesses where we've had to – put our house up. We've had to sign unlimited personal guarantees. Wow. And these were things that we considered very risky. At the, in the moment. Kept you, us up There's no night. bigger risk. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so we're sitting at the table and, and, and we're going back and forth. And she said, well, but, but what trumps all of that is you're, you're the one that goes into <laughs> burning buildings. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it, it never even dawned on me yeah. because to me, that's not as crazy as may sound, that's not that's not risky, right? And, and so your your risk is running into a burning building. Our risk is is all based on perspective. So there's someone out there right now listening that has started a bur- uh, started a business, and to them that was their burning building. Absolutely, and and to me that's my burning building more than the actual burning building. It's all because risk is highly subjective. It is. Right. It's what is risky to me might not be to you and vice versa. And I was chatting with one of our sponsors this week, Nicole at a Ginger Kid, and she actually put a comment on one of our Facebook posts that she doesn't really see a lot of risk in her life. And during my research of the show, I found out that this is very much based in psychology and brain science, that certain people are wired to not assume risk. It's a fear factor. 
Because sure. risk is based in fear. So if you say, I'm not going to go do it, you get scared. Some people just don't see it. the they, Let me take this back. Some people just don't feel it the way other people feel because risk is a feeling. We we want to think it's a thought. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that grammatically. No, think I, a think, thought. I think you're good. Isn't that like poetic? Yeah, I'm going to think a thought like with that. you this morning, James. Uh, it's really based in, in emotion. And... Uh, as we get started in this topic, it's really important that people know why this show is here. If you're listening to it on the radio or if you're catching it on Facebook, the purpose of our show is that if you truly believe you're on a path to more in, in life, maybe you're just looking for that path, maybe you're on the path, and and you need to figure out what that very next step is. The Great People Show is about figuring out what that very next step is in your life, because I guarantee you're thinking today about a decision you have to make. There is going to be a decision sometime in your life today that will direct your path five years from now. Absolutely. And I, sometimes you don't even know which decisions no. are going to have the greatest impact. And it's typically not the easiest decisions. Uh, I, be, I believe a not making a decision is a decision. Definitely. We're making decisions all day long by not making a decision. And the easy decision, decision most of the time is to stay in our comfort zone. Oh, yeah. Right? And the not, CZ, man. Not make that risk. The CZ. The comfort zone. No doubt. Um, so we're, we're bringing attention to some parts of you today that perhaps you aren't paying attention to yourself. Um, I was thinking about this question for myself. What's the... What, and I, actually, I don't know if you asked... Did you actually answer the question? As you look back on your life, where do you wish you'd been less cautious? I wish, I wish that there were some risks in business that I didn't take, especially... Okay. My tolerance for risk, and I think this is true of a lot of people, it's changed the older I've gotten, as I've had children, mm-hmm. as I've had more responsibilities in my personal oh, life, wow. my tolerance for risk has changed. And there have been some opportunities that I've had, especially in the last 10 years since I've had kids, mm-hmm. that I've turned away because I, they were too risky to me at the time, and I wish I had jumped in. A lot of people on Facebook said, when we asked the question, what is the biggest risk you've ever taken? They said kids, mm-hmm. having a family. Now, notice nobody said getting married because you know there are significant <laughs> others on Facebook. That's right. That's but, right. But that would have been one of their answers. It's Not, a risk. Nothing against the spouse. Going from single to married is a huge risk because you have no idea how you're going to operate in that type of commitment. Hence, probably the 50% divorce rate in the world. No question. And you don't want to fail. Nobody wants to fail yeah. at, at marriage nor anything oh, else. Oh, we could probably just talk about a whole show, The Fear of Failure. People won't take risk because they're afraid of failing. All the science is proven. We've talked about this in the show. The more you fail, the more successful you will be. You you need the failure to rise to another level. Absolutely. That's quotable. It is. You need the failure to rise to another level. You don't have any perspective unless you've been down to the bottom yeah. for what the top really looks like. That's true. Um you know, it's it's. I think I saw a quote once. Nobody knows the thrill of victory uh, better than the defeated. Ooh, I like, I like that. That, that reminds me of the David and Goliath book that our producer Asher here in the studio. Asher, you haven't been on the show. Now that I think, I don't think Asher's ever been on the show. Well, his hand is on the video right now, but we need to get Asher on the Definitely show. We brought K two on the show when she was our producer, <laughs> and she did a great job. So we need to get Asher in here. So Asher, start thinking. I want I want you to tell us later what's the biggest risk that you've ever taken. So get get that get that. Get that ready. He's got his he's got his hands up. Um, I, I found this article on Forbes.com. We're going to make sure we put it in the show notes. Uh, you can get to our show notes by going to our website, greatpeopleshow.com, and subscribe. And we'll we'll send we send out the show notes every week along with the the audio and the video of of the Great People Show. Uh, this was from I think I'm pronouncing it right, Margie Worrell. 
and she listed, let's see, four things. It, this this is beautiful to me. Ever read something that you thought, wow, I wish I would have wrote that? It just clicks, right? Yeah. yeah. So so I'm going to give her credit, and then maybe one of these days uh, I'll get to meet this fine young woman. We overestimate the probability of something going wrong. I want you all to think about that. We overestimate the probability of something going wrong. Remember, there's the law of averages. If it's if you think it's going to happen, it probably won't statistically. And we're going to talk more about this when we come back from break. When we come back, we're going to start taking some callers. Call into the show and share with us what's the biggest risk you've ever taken because that story needs to get into the mind and hearts of the people that are listening to the show right now because other people are dealing with that same situation. To be on the show, call us at 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. You are listening to The Great People Show. Oh, I want something just like- I'm J.J. White, host of The Great People Show. As a parent, I'm now busier than ever and don't have a lot of time for teaching my child fundamentals or helping them build good foundations. That's why I love products by A Ginger Kid. They allow me to spend time teaching critical skills to my children while we all have fun. The quality wood used in A Ginger Kid products can't be beat, and the wooden texture brings a nostalgia that allows both my child and I to enjoy our moments together. A Ginger Kid products are about equipping parents to help their children learn with confidence. A Ginger Kid also helps me pause to take moments to create intentional memories with my children. These classic toys teach classic moments. Go to agingerkid.com and enter the promo code GIFTS to receive 25% off your order as one of our listeners. A Ginger Kid, the tools and toys that teach. Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams, while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Jacqueline and Nick thought they knew everything there was to know about each other. But after staying at the Omni Homestead, where they discovered Nick was a natural in a kayak and Jacqueline had a zest for ziplining, they realized every journey is a chance to discover something new. How might staying at Omni affect you? From unlimited golf to intimate dining and romantic spa retreats, visit theomnihomestead.com to find the perfect package for your next getaway. The Omni Homestead Resort. Never stay the same. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am JJ, the host here at The Great People Show, and with me here is James, which, by the way, I'm a James, too. We could do something with this. The Jameses. Well, JJ. JJ, it's James. And James. And James and James. This sounds too formal, though. Probably so. So, James, tell us about, we, before we went to break, we were talking about uh, this, this thing about risk. We overestimate the probability of something going wrong. Share the story that we were talking about every break. Yeah, so I work with a lot of people in my, my day-to-day job who are, acquiring or buying a business. And it's interesting because I think the number one objection you get from somebody looking at a business is that they are so concerned that the moment they step through the door, so you have a business that's been owned by the same person for 10, 20, 30 years, 
And they're concerned that when they walk in through the door, all the employees are going to quit because there's been that. a change in ownership. I get it. Now, they're really concerned. This I've seen people walk away from deals because they've been worried about this. And you really have to put them in that employee's shoes and say, well, think about it. If you work somewhere and some, a new owner walked through mm-hmm. the door, would you just up and quit? Or would you give the person a chance? I mean, realistically. Yeah, and this, is, this was completely validated on our social media post this week, that the number one risk that people take – now. This is their answer for the riskiest thing I've ever done is leave their job. Right. I mean, to them, for all the employees, they're carrying the risk in their own head of leaving, not the owner coming in and worrying about the employees leaving. Absolutely. And and so these so these people are, are concerned that when they buy the business, all the employees are there's going to be an exodus. And that's just not the case. I mean, everybody's going to give the owner a chance. I've in in hundred transactions, I've never heard of where any employee, let alone the whole company, no. has walked out. It just doesn't happen. But it's a good example of overestimating the probability of something going wrong. It reminds me of, of more that came from this article about the status quo. The status quo, while not particularly fulfilling for most people, can seem like the easier, softer, less scary option. Of course. I mean, there's no risk, really, in just staying exactly where you are in their head. Right. Now, But we know, if you watch The Walking Dead, right, <laughs> that when, when there is a zombie apocalypse— the riskiest thing you can do is is stay stationary. That you have to keep moving. And this is just this is my advice to all of you in case there's a zombie apocalypse is you better get out of your house and start moving. Yeah, leave. Or, or you're you're basically breakfast. Apocalypse is what's coming. Hurricane. Hurricane. All those things. Well, but we don't advocate leaving your house in the middle of a hurricane. No, I just preferably be, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the <laughs> but clever. no, you're you're absolutely right. When people have, if you have a good day-to-day job, if you're in a good situation, yeah. a lot of people aren't going to take that risk for the risk of a better situation. Right. But then the flip side of that is is failure. And, and right now on Facebook, so we posted the question. We're on Facebook Live. If you're listening to the show on the radio or or wherever you're listening to it, you can also catch it on uh, Facebook Live. And, of course, we put it on YouTube afterwards. Travis Wagaman said the biggest risk for me was leaving my job after working there for 18 years. Richard Heights said in 1995, I jumped into the real estate business with no experience. Uh, and his wife wasn't working at the time. And they had little savings. Wow. Now, in his world at the time, that's brutally stressful. Huge. But for us, it's always easier when you're looking at it from a distance, especially if it's looking at yourself from a distance. Was that the same thing? I, I, I jumped into Dale Carnegie when I was 27 years old in the year 2000. I had no responsibility, though. I, I, had, uh, I had a house, no kids, no wife, no, no real money to speak of. But it, to me, it was the right thing to do. It was a no-brainer. So it really wasn't that risky for me. Right. So now, how do you think you would feel for that today if you were looking? Ooh. I mean- well, we've started the show, so yeah. but but this to me this isn't risky. This is just part of my calling. This is a continuation of my of my calling. I'm not dropping everything to go to something else. And one of the books that I referenced last week when we did the authentic interview, it's a great book. I can't remember the guy's last name. I think it's I O R G. I think that's how it's spelled. It's called Is God Calling Me? And one of the things that he talks about in this book is now if you're if you're a person of faith and you feel like there's this divine intervention going on in your life. What he states in there is that God will not shut a door before another one opens up. Mm-hmm. Now, that's risk. That's just straight. Like, if, if something shuts down, you lose everything, and there's nothing in front of you, you're probably not seeing everything. There's probably something that you're not seeing, especially if you're under a lot of stress and pressure. That's deep. And Thank you. And the... the <laughs> we pull it... Let's, let's, let's tell jokes. We need to... It's getting too deep in here, James. Um... <laughs> The rest of these these four bullets from Margie at Forbes.com. So the first one was we overestimate the probability of something going wrong. We exaggerate the consequences of what might happen if it does go wrong. 
Mm. We we play chess in our heads to the to the worst possible scenario. I literally, it's like if you think how horrible it could go, our brain is designed to do it to protect us. Yep. Worst case scenario. Absolutely worst case scenario. So one of the one of the techniques that I've kind of acquired is I think about the worst case scenario and then I go, all right, there's like a 99% chance that's not going to happen. Right. So what's the best case scenario? And let me have aspirations towards that and and make that work a little bit better. Sure. Do you get like that too? I do. Uh, I think that that it's when we're talking about risk though, it it spans so if you're thinking about the risk of having children, I mean mm-hmm. what's the worst case scenario? I mean God forbid one of your children gets gets critically hurt, yeah. something, you know, sick, something horrible happens. But again, your chances are are slim. But there are people that don't have kids because yeah. they're worried in business, making a big change in your career, you're concerned maybe I will not be able to provide for my family if this doesn't work out. I can provide for them now. Should I make this change? Should I take this risk? And I don't understand that. I guess because I've never been in that situation, <laughs> that we are in such a wonderful world of prosperity Somebody's going to be able to do something. I, I was reading a story this week about. Actually, I was watching a video of this of this guy. Of him, him and his mom were dirt poor. They were living out of their car, and he was a he was a young teenager, I think. And his mom his mom was very prideful about the, their poverty and wouldn't ask for help and things of this nature. So he actually started to write poetry on notebook paper. Mm-hmm. He went, I think, to Walmart to buy frames, and and went door to door selling these and I think he did like 20 of them and for the 20 doors he knocked on that were answered all 20 bought something from him no kidding and he had enough money to feed the family for a couple of days at that point so that's where were they poor or were they broke and you could do a whole another show Ooh. about that I, I've Ooh. you know when when my wife and I over over our career have talked about are we going to take this risk in business yeah and we talk about worst case scenarios yep yeah. I mean I've said to her many times you know we could definitely Go broke, yep. but we'll never be poor. You told me that. When we had, I don't know if you remember this conversation. We, You and I met, gosh, maybe years ago. five, six years. Yeah. I don't know. It was a while ago. It was still, we were still dealing with the recession. You were still dealing with the, with the business you were in, and of course I was too. I think we just, I, I, we, I just wasn't in a great place to think about how do I get myself out of this situation. And you said those words, and it made me realize my, my sheer will won't allow me to go back but so far. Right. And, and that, that really ties in deeply to this risk-taking thing is – our sheer, our sheer will, if we if we are so determined and motivated to make something work, risk is minimized naturally. Absolutely. Yes, it just can't it can't t- you can't touch us. You can like I said, you can only go but so low. We should have had you know if I would have thought we should have had a sound clip of MC Hammer for Asher to play us. <laughs> can't touch this. We should do that. actually. He's looking around. Scrambling. <laughs> he's scrambling. Asher is scrambling for a can't touch this sound clip. All right. So the next one, just a quick recap. I'm going to slow down a little bit because I want to hear uh, MC Hammer. Can't touch us. <laughs> we overestimate the probability of something going wrong. We exaggerate the consequences of what might happen if it does go wrong. Third one, we underestimate our ability to handle the consequences of risk. We don't have confidence. Mm-hmm. We don't have confidence. Yeah. I mean, and and this is something where you you tend to you tend to think pretty low of yourself when you think of the worst case scenario you think how could i ever handle that i could never rise to that yeah. situation but the fact is that we do people yep. do when you are confronted with tremendous adversity most people do rise to it and can rise to it and people need to have that self confidence and i think we have someone on the call right now that probably has a, a story to tell us about overcoming that adversity uh, we have jennifer on the line jennifer are you here 
Yes, I am. Welcome to the Great People Show. Jennifer, are you a risk taker? Oh, yes. Tell us about it. What's the greatest <laughs> risk that you've ever taken? Tell us your story. Oh, my gosh. I think for me is quitting my corporate job. Yeah. Quitting my corporate job. Um, I did great there. I was there for a couple of years. I moved up a couple, you know, moved the corporate ladder. Yep. And something, I just couldn't go any further. And I said, you know what? If I can do this great for other companies, yeah. what about doing something for myself? Yeah, what were you looking for? What were you looking to do for yourself that you could not do there? You know what? To have an opportunity to see my own personal growth. Wow. To be able to measure that with how much education, how much I put in the back end, mm -hmm. and how much I can watch myself grow yeah. with no cap. So what did you do? Well, I stepped out and I went to my, well, I pursued my childhood dream, mm -hmm. which is to own and operate my own beauty salon. Oh, so you do hair. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and I did that. And I tell you something, I went and I pursued it. I went all the way up to starting on working with right someone on. else and go right on to operating my own. And that's what you do mm -hmm. now. You're in that Absolutely. business now. Absolutely. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And it sounds like it was the greatest decision you've ever oh, made for yourself. It's the best because I was in control. So mm -hmm. I went to all my classes, make sure I advanced myself. And what it did was it opened a whole spectrum for me. What were you uh, What were you most scared of when you made this decision to, to quit corporate America and open up your own beauty, beauty salon? I was my own cheerleader. Okay. So, so you weren't scared. <laughs> you know, everyone is under that umbrella, like, do not quit that job. Do not quit that steady income. Yeah, so you and felt I'm smothered. To my, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. So that was scary to say, you know what? I am going to cheer my own self on. <laughs> <laughs> give me a J. Are you like in I'm, your in your bedroom going, give me a J, J, I really did. It's an internal thing. And that fire just kept blowing and blowing. And it just kept me going. And I learned how to find the vibration on the inside. Oh, it Ooh. was absolutely amazing. Wow. Jennifer, yes. you're getting you're getting off the chain here. Found a vibration inside yourself. And I think that's important. That's a part of your soul, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. So what? Absolutely. So what advice do you have to our listeners if they're in the in, in the middle of a, of a big decision and taking a huge risk right now? You know what? You be true to who you are. Mm. No one else can feel what you're feeling on the inside. That burning desire. Totally sit down and. Understand what is it you're feeling. Good for you. Make sure you put it on paper. What is it I'm feeling? Then sketch out the action plan. Yeah. Awesome. And allow yourself to see a bigger picture. That's a vision. A vision. Right? You, you, yes. have, you, you have to have, and this is something that I learned. I had a great meeting this uh, last week with someone. Yes. That your vision has to be scripted yes. word for word. If you have a yes. house, in fact, this I call them a power couple, this power couple yes. that I met with. It, it, it felt like the house they were in was designed years ago brick by brick, mm. and they manifested it. It was very, very powerful through their Absolutely. through their vision. Well, Jennifer, thanks, thank you so much for joining the show this morning. Yes. We loved your story, you and you're such me. an inspiration to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. So before we go to break, uh, you may notice if you're watching the video, we've got some Ginger Kid, uh, Ginger Kid blocks here. So if you're on Facebook... Tell us what word we should spell. Now, keep in mind, this is a family-friendly <laughs> show. It is show, a family show. And we certainly can't say it out loud if it's not family-friendly, thanks to the FCC. But uh, we've got these great wooden, these are heirloom toys. These are toys if you're a, a parent in your 20s or 30s 
and you, you have a young child, kindergarten, first, second grade, these are toys that you can buy. If you go to agingerkid.com and put in the code GIFTS, you'll get a 25% off discount based on the fact that you're a, a loyal listener of us. Your great-grandkids will have these toys. No and, doubt. And they're tools that teach. You can teach your children with these. So when we come back, we're going to continue talking about this whole risks thing. To be part of the show, 804-454-1366. You're listening to The Great People Show. Jacqueline and Nick thought they knew everything there was to know about each other. But after staying at the Omni Homestead, where they discovered Nick was a natural in a kayak and Jacqueline had a zest for ziplining, they realized every journey is a chance to discover something new. How might staying at Omni affect you? From unlimited golf to intimate dining and romantic spa retreats, visit theomnihomestead.com to find the perfect package for your next getaway. The Omni Homestead Resort. Never stay the same. Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's Dale Carnegie richmond.com Hi, I'm JJ White, host of The Great People Show. As a parent, I'm now busier than ever and don't have a lot of time for teaching my child fundamentals or helping them build good foundations. That's why I love products by A Ginger Kid. They allow me to spend time teaching critical skills to my children while we all have fun. The quality wood used in a Ginger Kid products can't be beat, and the wooden texture brings a nostalgia that allows both my child and I to enjoy our moments together. A Ginger Kid products are about equipping parents to help their children learn with confidence. A Ginger Kid also helps me pause to take moments to create intentional memories with my children. These classic toys teach classic moments. Go to agingerkid.com and enter the promo code GIFTS to receive 25% off your order as one of our listeners. A Ginger Kid, the tools and toys that teach. All right, we are back on The Great People Show. I've been debating all morning whether I should whip out my Hulk Hogan impersonation. Brother. I, what you going to do, brother? You just said we need more humor. Is that good? I can't tell if I'm good or not. It sounds good to me. I don't know. <laughs> what you going to do, brother? Catch it on the replay. Actually, that's funny because I'm sitting here imitating Hulk Hogan. And the whole point of the show today is risk-taking. And one, one of his key lines is, what you going to do? Right. What you gonna do, James? Risky to get in the ring with that right? guy. So we so we've covered MC Hammer and Hulk Hogan on today's show. Tell, we you, still have twenty minutes to go. Yeah, you can tell how, how old I am. That's your uh, connection. So that was a great call that we had, and I think awesome. you've got another caller on the line. I think. Yeah. So one of the quotes that I uh, was I want to get to this quote right before we we bring on a next caller. Fortunate favors the bold. Gosh. Fortunate favors the bold. What a powerful saying. So we do have our next caller on. Jason, you with us, Jason? Hey. Jason. Hey there. Fortune favors the bold. Are you bold? Uh, it's not, yeah, it depends on who you talk to. Oh, no, man. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> Welcome to the Great People Show. Are you a risk taker? 
Hey, man, absolutely. Tell us and, about uh, being a baller, Jason. Are you, how, what's the biggest <laughs> risk you've ever taken? Oh, man, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, JJ. Thanks I'm for really joining. I'm humbled and, and, and flattered that you thought my comment was worthy to have on the show. It's a great but, Facebook um, comment. Hey, uh, yeah, so it goes back to, to June of 2006. I was, uh, my life was on cruise control. I was living up in, in Fairfax, Virginia, making the, the six-figure income like they tell you to do and yep. had the house and everything was going great, but I, I was still feeling pretty empty. Inside. Why? Why, were, why were you feeling empty? Yeah, I didn't have that family yet, and I knew from a, from a, a young adult that I wanted to have the wife and the family, and, and at that point in my life, I was 31 and felt like I should have it and didn't have it. So I was, that was a huge, huge uh, gap in yeah. my life. So what'd you do? And well, in uh, June of 2006, a buddy of mine and invited me down to, to Cancun, Mexico. His parents have a, a house down there, and he said, "Hey, Jason, you want to go to Cancun?" And I said, "Absolutely, man. Never been." And uh, we went down there, and it was on that vacation that I I met this woman that was uh she was pretty amazing, pretty Ooh. amazing, and uh, you know aesthetically pleasing and just gorgeous initially, <laughs> which is pleasing. you know the, the initial attraction. But as I got to talk to her, I got on some deeper levels, and and I uh, just found out she was a really special person. Yep. And uh, so much so that I wanted to come back the following month. So oh. I came back in July to, to visit with and her not again. A ba- not a bad place to go visit a young woman. No. In Cancun, you can't go wrong in Cancun. <laughs> no. and then, JJ, I ran out of time, so I went back in August for my birthday <laughs> and uh, flew back down there again. And that's when I met her mom. And her mom was a really special person. She really jumped through some hoops to come visit me and wish me a happy birthday. And it just uh, further reinforced the whole family thing that I had been missing. And then she went right back home to where she was living at the time and so uh long story short uh, i go down there four months in a row and then i'm gonna go back in october and uh the boss man says jason you can't go and i'm like what do you mean i'm just going down friday night i'll be back sunday i was like you won't even miss me he's like no your team needs you oh wow and besides i've already given you too many vacation days and uh, i didn't count them because you're going every single month i didn't I sat down and tallied up the days, and you're out of vacation time. So your risk started to and, keep compounding on this. You had job uh, risk now. Absolutely. And see, and unlike other people, J.J., who um, quit their job for another venture or another another job or to go out on their own, I had no plan B. I had no no job. Mm-hmm. I had no, no business to go. And you can't tell a salesperson no. No. You just, it just, especially me. Doesn't work. So I... I sat down on my desk and uh, I wrote a letter of resignation and I moved wow. down to Cancun. Wow! Oh, you, oh wait, you moved and, uh, to Cancun? Yeah, I went Holy all in, man. Shipped in, had no plan B, had no backup plan. I just was confident enough that I could make money some other way, yep. and I would figure it out. But I had this, this special woman I had to go get. Wow! So you so you had this hundred thousand dollar job, cruise control, yes. living the yes. life. You moved to another country and you just basically threw it all into the wind, didn't you? Through all the wind, I, I had to come back uh, to the states a couple of times during the winter to to sell my house, and yep. of course Thanksgiving and Christmas time to visit my family. But come, uh, I think it was February, my mom calls me. She said, "What are you doing?" She's like, "You're living in Mexico. <laughs> you know, are, are you are you doing drugs?" Oh wow! I know, mom. She's no, like, mom. "Are you well, selling drugs?" <laughs> you know, like what's up? I was like, She's "No, doing I'm doing mom." Yeah. So she flew down there and she met her and she confirmed all my feelings. And uh, she said, yeah, she's the one. She's the one nice. for you. So, and, and so job, it, in, in a way, it was a risk because you were giving up cruise control. But really, oh, it sounds like in your heart. Now, now how, this was 10, what, 12 years ago, 10, 10 12 right. years ago. So yeah. at the time, though, 
how risky was this really for you? Like, what, what were the emotions going through that you were having to battle with this? It didn't feel like a risk. I was confident in myself, JJ, that I knew I could make money anytime. I had done it before. I could do it again. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was empty with, with all the money that I thought that I had in, in the house. And that just wasn't me. So I wasn't living a life, JJ. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, so you, you know, knew. I thought I was. So, how, really so was. how did this all turn out? Like, what's your life like now, 10 years later? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So uh, basically, uh, we come back to the States because I ran out of money and, and maxed out my credit card. <laughs> had to get yeah. back to reality. So uh, we get our fiancé visa. She comes into the States legally, and we get married in 90 days. And now wow. we have a, a, a beautiful 9-year-old son and another gorgeous 2-and-a-half-year-old uh, son and doing the family life. That's awesome. I'm loving it, man. So what's next? What's what what's next for you? What's next, man? Yeah. What's your vision, Jason? What's your vision? <laughs> the vision just uh keep uh investing in the family at this point. Yeah. And and to grow those relationships. Uh have my boys grow up to be fine young men yeah. serving the community and yeah. and just go about uh, you know, more important things in life other than chasing that almighty dollar. And do you think, Jason, that taking a taking a risk like that and, and seeing how that worked out has that opened you up to taking more risks in other parts of your life again the whole fortune favors the bold thing i mean you've seen that play out so has that affected other decision making in your life oh it just it just confirms my my confidence myself that i can tackle anything that that's put in front of me and if i put my mind to it i'm I'm gonna go get it and anything i truly want i know that i will get it i will find a way to get it man i won't stop until i have it what encourage so Jason, what advice do you have for for the listeners on the show right now? If they're if they're dealing with a large risk in front of them, what they think is a large risk or a big decision, what what advice do you have for them? Man, it, I tell you, JJ, it goes back. I don't know if it was a mentor or a professor in college that uh, it really it really uh, resonated with me. They told me, Jason, that the best thing you can do is is make the right decision, hmm. and then the, the next best thing you can do is make the wrong decision because <laughs> then you have time. I love it to to, to reevaluate and make another decision. And then the worst thing you can do is make no decision at all because you're just spinning around. You're like in the car with no steering wheel. Yep. You're just going aimlessly with no direction. Man, so I So my advice love make it. quick decisions and go get it. If I it doesn't work it. out, make another one. Man, I, I, I'm going to give you my best Hulk Hogan impression. Brother, <laughs> brother, what you going to do? I love it. Can't touch this. Awesome. That's Jason, it, thanks man. so much for calling into the show, man. Your words were inspirational. I, I'm sure this is going to land on someone's heart that's dealing with something right now, and they're going to make it. Uh, they're going to make the right decision based on what you shared. So thank you for being here. Hey, awesome, JJ. Thanks again for having yeah. me, brother. Have Appreciate a good day, man. See you. See you, Jason. You as well, man. Bye bye. Bye. So um, the what what a, what a you, you've seen this now. You've heard this with Jennifer and Jason calling into the show. The enthusiasm they have in their life around where they're at now, compared to this big decision they had to make years ago. Yeah. Right. And and yeah, they probably weren't as enthusiastic back then. I would guess. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic on that. But, you know, when you get under a lot of pressure to make a big decision like that, you get... I mean, taking these risks completely changed the direction of their life. I mean, 180 degrees. They all came out better. Uh, Here we are on this fourth one. I'm going to quickly review, before we go to break, these three that we've uh, been talking about. We overestimate the probability of something going wrong. We exaggerate the consequences of what might happen if it does go wrong. We underestimate our ability to handle the consequences of risk. And as we heard from Jason, he did not underestimate his ability to handle risk. In fact, if anything, he may have fallen in the trap of overestimating it. But hey, 
I think we'd much rather be in that situation than underestimate it. In the fourth one, we discount or deny the cost of inaction and sticking with the status quo. Mm. And to me, this is the biggest one because we're blind. Yeah, We are so blind to what we could be, what we could have, and what we can do in this world. I mean, Jason could easily, when his boss said that, have have said, you know what, I've got a good job, I've got a good house, I've got a, a good life. He wasn't obviously finding yeah. some fulfillment, but he could have just stayed that path and the status quo and been fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But he took the risk and he threw threw it all threw it all on the table and look at what happened. Today we're talking about taking risk on the Great People Show. Uh, if you're interested in becoming one of our, our premier sponsors, because we we have so much fun with our sponsors. Here we have the Ginger Kid. We haven't heard yet what words people want created on the show. We've got these wonderful heirloom wooden blocks. These are tools that teach at gingerkid.com. Call into the show because we want to hear about the greatest risk you've ever taken. This could be so impactful for our listeners if you call to share. 804-454-1366. 804-454-1366. You're listening to The Great People Show. Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams, while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Jacqueline and Nick thought they knew everything there was to know about each other. But after staying at the Omni Homestead, where they discovered Nick was a natural in a kayak and Jacqueline had a zest for ziplining, they realized every journey is a chance to discover something new. How might staying at Omni affect you? From unlimited golf to intimate dining and romantic spa retreats, visit theomnihomestead.com to find the perfect package for your next getaway. The Omni Homestead Resort. Never stay the same. Hi, I'm J.J. White, host of The Great People Show. As a parent, I'm now busier than ever and don't have a lot of time for teaching my child fundamentals or helping them build good foundations. That's why I love products by A Ginger Kid. They allow me to spend time teaching critical skills to my children while we all have fun. The quality wood used in a Ginger Kid products can't be beat, and the wooden texture brings a nostalgia that allows both my child and I to enjoy our moments together. A Ginger Kid products are about equipping parents to help their children learn with confidence. A Ginger Kid also helps me pause to take moments to create intentional memories with my children. These classic toys teach classic moments. Go to agingerkid.com and enter the promo code GIFTS to receive 25% off your order as one of our listeners. A Ginger Kid, the tools and toys that teach. I love our music. It gets me so jacked. It's it pumps so up. So jazzed. So jazzed. Thanks, everyone, for listening to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness. Today, we're talking about taking risks. One of my favorite Dale Carnegie quotes, take a chance. All life is a chance. The man who goes furthest, far, excuse me, farthest, is generally the one who is willing to do and dare. 
all life life is all a risk, isn't it? Whole thing. Waking up in the morning's a risk. Leaving your house in the morning's a risk. <laughs> I never thought so about that. You may as well take the ones that can really make a difference. Yeah. Otherwise, you never know. You never know. So we have another caller on the line here to talk to us about risk taking. We have Nancy. Nancy, welcome to the show. Hi. How, how are you, you this morning? Good. How are you doing? Are you a risk taker, Nancy? Not typically. No. Oh, not typically. <laughs> not typically. Not typically. No. <laughs> so tell us about the greatest risk that you've ever taken. Well, the risk I took was more of a decision that needed to be made, and I decided to leave my husband of eight years mm. with my two small children and move out of the state. Wow. Um, the situation was just um, very threatening. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I decided, you know, the welfare of my children was more important. Absolutely. <laughs> So, like you know, I said, I valued, you know, my vows, and I had to know for myself that I did everything in my power to make it work. Mm-hmm. But once I got to that point, I knew I had to make a decision, and we, I think all decisions are a risk. Oh, <laughs> every every decision has some level of risk. Right. We said okay. earlier, uh, before our, our second break, we underestimate our ability to handle the consequences of risk. Right. It, when you were in that situation... Uh, up until maybe to the point where you did leave, were you unsure that you could handle this decision? Yes, I was. Um, well, I had been told repeatedly that I would never make it on my own. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so mm-hmm. um, I just had to believe in myself. So you had this outside force convincing yeah. you to just stay in, in the status quo. And I understand, based on what you just shared with us, that this was a really bad situation and that that force was that bad situation. But oftentimes we're surrounded by people that care deeply about us. We know they're looking for our best interest, but they'll tell us to stay in the status quo, too. And I'm curious if anybody in your life at that moment was also telling you to just hold, just stick it out, Nancy. Don't, you know, overcome it. It'll get better. Right. Many people told me that. Family, Mm. friends, they're all like, you know, oh, you know, we sought counseling. I mean, mm-hmm. We did everything we could think of. And like I said, I had to know for myself that I did all I could yeah. to make it work. And when I got to the point where I realized, you know, the situation was bigger than me, mm-hmm. <laughs> bigger mm-hmm. than anything I could do, mm-hmm. I had to take that risk. How, and how long ago did that happen? Try. In 93. Okay, so, wow, so... Um... I'm not good with math here. 20 years, 15 years? <laughs> yeah. So, it's a yeah, long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. And how, how has it turned out for you? It has worked out so much better. I now have a master's degree. I own my own home. Wow. My children are grown. <laughs> and, uh, good for you. Yeah. It, it turned out a lot better for us. That's amazing. So what So what advice do you have for someone, especially in the situation that you're in now? Because we've been talking a lot on the show, I guess, candidly about other things that aren't as emotional and and deep as this. What advice do you have for our listeners if they're in a similar situation? Get help. Get out. (laughs) You know, and I know a lot of people feel like they're not going to be able to make it on their own because that's what they keep being told. Yeah. You know, (laughs) or, oh, it will get better. No, it gets worse. Well, and you bring up a really good point (laughs) that if, if we're all by ourselves, then, especially in our own heads, this risk becomes way more powerful. Yeah. That right. if, if we can find other people to assist us, to work with us, to team up with us, to support us, to partner with us, it does remove the risk, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It empowers you. Right. There's, there's help out there. You just need to seek it. Yeah. What great advice. What great advice. 
Uh, Nancy, thank you so much for joining the show. What a great story, and I know this is going to have a real impact on our listeners. So thanks for calling in and sharing it with us. Well, if it's just if this helps just one other person, then then it was well worth it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Thanks for calling the show, Nancy. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Wow, what a great angle of this that I had not thought of. That it's the people around us that are either, I'd say, more often than not, holding us back from taking a risk. Yep, they're protecting us. We each have that group of advisors, official or unofficial, that surrounds us. If, if yep. you're married, your spouse, your parents, your close friends, and we tend to lean on on their advice a lot. Sometimes, let, 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 letting them override what's in our gut. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a member and on the board of the Virginia Council of CEOs, and I'm in a peer group, and I'm in a roundtable with eight other folks that I can share things with, and they give me that kind of advice mm-hmm. that's unemotional. It's not biased based on. You know, they're my friend or they're my spouse or they're my family member. They're, in fact, uh, just watching on, on Facebook, Yana Mika just joined the, the show. She's, she's in my roundtable. And that's the place I can go to help me understand what I'm really getting myself into with a decision. Not based on their advice to me, but based on what they did. So has that helped you see some things a little more clearly than you've been seeing them? Oh, wow. I, I can't even begin to express how clear I see things when I am actively getting feedback from people that aren't there just to make sure that I stick around Richmond or make sure that I stay in a certain situation because some people that well let me let me let me try to frame this as best as, as I can the people that are closest to us have more invested in our status quo than anybody else in this world because it's directly tied to their status quo because if we make a change in many cases, they're going to have to make a change, too. That's huge. So were you saying that that sometimes the people who we trust can be guiding us sub- subconsciously or consciously for their own, for their own Absolutely. purposes? No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, how often do we, when we're in that situation, that we're not really looking at it that way? That's, no. uh, that's huge. And it's, it's tough because those are the folks that we tend to rely on the most for advice. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they're doing anything purposely mm-hmm. bad or, or they're, they're they're bad people, but uh, I never thought about it that way. And I'm not saying that you should listen to the people that are, or you should you should hear the people that are closest to you and then not take their advice because they're biased. Right. But understand every, try to look at what everybody's perspective is. You have to yes. put a filter on it. And and I think if you really start to think hard about, well, why are they, are they, are they, are they saying these things to protect me? Or are they saying these things to protect themselves? Right. And they may not even realize what the difference is, but you need to be able to realize. And on what the, the flip is. side of that, boy, if we can get really matrix with this kind of thing, if someone's telling you to go, 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 and they have absolutely nothing invested, <laughs> right? Easy for you to say. It's easy for you. To, I mean, how often do we watch from a distance and go, "Oh, that's nothing. I could do that in a heartbeat." And yeah. then you put them in that situation, you're like, oh, "I can't do this." Yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> they're, mean, they're a great cheerleader until they have to actually do it themselves. I should say sideline quarterback or sometimes a Monday morning quarterback <laughs> after the decision's oh, made. Man. I knew that was that wasn't oh. going to work. Oh, the, the 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 sports analysis of oh, they they're horrible decision makers. And sports is actually is a great analogy with this whole risk taking mm-hmm. thing cuz all of sports is 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 taking a risk especially if you're in in a sport like football and you have to run sometimes a crazy play that you know, then you look at the Green Bay Packers with um oh, what's his name? Who was the coach of the Packers in the 60s? Vince Lombardi, oh, Lombardi yeah. who he ran the same play every game, uh, all the time, every game is the safest play. But the reason he was always running that play is because they got so freaking good at it yeah. that their competition couldn't stop them. 
But I'm sure he had a lot of people constantly criticizing him for that. Constantly. And if he had gone another route, they would have criticized him for doing that. And that's another that that's another point on this whole risk taking thing. Really, at the end of the day, no matter what decision you make, something's going to happen. That's right. We're we're in a world now that things are going to start happening more to you than for you. Mm-hmm. And if we don't take more risks in our life, then we're going to end up thinking we're a victim to, t- to, to so many things. Oh, I wish I could have, should have, didn't uh, do that. Yeah, you don't want to be sitting years and years down the road thinking about what could have been and realizing that you always took the status quo when, when you could have taken that risks. Risks, the word risk automatically has this negative connotation to it, I think, mm-hmm. in our society, mm-hmm. and it, it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. There are bad risks. Not all risks are good ones, but— Calculated risk. Calculated risk. How often do you, uh, maybe anybody really, sit there and think through a big decision to truly calculate it, to, to really decide, well, this could go this way, this could go this way? I think most people don't give it enough effort. No. Well, it's easy to listen to the little voices that tell you all the reasons you <laughs> yeah. shouldn't do something, all the reasons why the status quo is yeah. fine, right? It's constant. It's constant. And a lot, a lot of the feedback that we received on social media was when we asked the question, what were the biggest risks that you took? People were talking about joining the military, going back to college after flunking out twice, moving was the biggest risk. And there are a lot of people on Facebook that, kind of like what Jason said earlier, they were moving, and there's a huge fear there because anybody that usually moves is going by themselves or with very little family or support structure. We did that. We moved to Richmond without any family here. Ike was, actually, we started to commute when Ike was two weeks old. And we had nobody to take care of the kids with us. And that's a big deal. When, when you have a lot of family around, you don't realize these things. But when you jump away from that, and I think of the word jump. I don't know um, if you ever saw that video from Steve Harvey about jumping. I have. Oh, it's so good. It's In fact, um, it's a six-minute video. I, I, I wanted to somehow play it for the show, and I probably should have brought a clip on. But this video, if you went into YouTube and, and Googled Steve Harvey jump. We can link it on the Oh, we'll on link it on, on, on the Facebook side. Just just. Steve Harvey jump, and it was right after he finished a taping of the Family Feud show, yeah. and he got into this monologue, this this motivational speech. Just talking to the audience. Talking to the audience, the live audience, yeah. about jumping. You have to jump. You won't even, in many cases, know where your parachute is or where it's coming from until you jump. Yeah, if and if you're listening and you haven't seen the video, oh as soon as we're done, take a minute because it is it goes right in line with everything we've been talking about. I don't think we could have put it better than what Steve Harvey says in that what what is it a three or four minute video? Yeah, yeah, it it, it, you know, it was six minutes and it was it was every word was powerful enough to listen to. Yes. And so he talks about he also weaves in in into there the the gifts you've been given mm-hmm. and and the biggest risk you can actually take in your life is not taking one extra step to activate those gifts. And it almost turns into a tragedy in life that people go through their entire life with all these gifts and and things that we can do to impact other people, and we just keep them buried because it's it's risky to do anything with them. It's risky to change. Again, it goes right back to the status quo. We discount or deny the cost of inaction and sticking with the status quo. Like you said, the most most powerful point of all. James, what what is left in your life do you think that you need to go do that you haven't done yet because maybe it's too big of a risk? What, what's a big aspiration? I think I, I'm still looking for that that perfect that perfect business startup. Okay. That, that you know, I've done a lot. I've done a few of them. Uh, I've, I've acquired some businesses, but mm-hmm. I would like to take something from from nothing. And and just make it into a thriving uh, business. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, that's that's a big goal of mine. But that's that's a huge risk. I mean, I'd be looking at investing who knows how much money, putting yep. it all back on the table. You know what um, mine is? What I'd love to hear. Getting into politics. I think about it often. I really do. I think about running for Board of Supervisors in Goochland County. Mm-hmm. I think about running for State Senate. I got the chance to meet Dave Bratt, our uh, uh, representative Great guy. here in Virginia, and was just so inspired to say, I, I want to go do what this guy does. And I, I tell you what, talk about risk. Uh, he, he, he said he'd come on the show sometime to talk about his story, because mm-hmm. this is not a political show, but we right. want to hear his story. Talk about risk. Oh, my gosh. Huge risk. Jumping into the fire. And, and who knows, but I just I, I feel like that would be a huge risk for me to take it. And I, I'm, I'm almost certain it's probably going to end up on my plate somehow. Somewhere. So what's 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 holding what do you think is holding you back? What do you think or what are you putting up against on that scale? What are you trying to balance? Let's talk about that on our next show, James, because we're almost <laughs> out of time today. A uh, big part of it, I think, in anything that risk is, is what we were talking about earlier with these four things. Um, specifically, we underestimate our ability to handle the consequences of risk. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I underestimate my underestimate underestimate my abilities to run for office. So this has today been the great people show. Uh Parting words, our motivational monologue. We have opportunities daily to change the course of our lives. It's not that we don't have enough ideas or opportunities in front of us. We are too risk adverse to pursue them. Mm. As Dale Carnegie said, ask yourself, what is the worst that can possibly happen? And as Steve Harvey says, the only way you're going to soar is you got to jump. You got to jump, folks. I have been your host, J.J. White. In the studio with us here has been James Muncy. Thank you for being a part of the show. Visit us on the web at greatpeopleshow.com. You have been listening to The Great People Show. <laughs>